may be a strange lesson. Our singing is designed to teach and to admonish us. The songs selected are designed to teach and admonish us, to encourage us, to challenge us, and that they do. I want to be a worker for the Lord, and where he leads me, I will follow. Why are you here? If you came for the Bible study, why? If you're here for the worship service, why? Will you be here Wednesday night for the Wednesday night series on the domino effect? Why? Why do you come? Is it based on a command? Matthew 10, for example, verses 24 and 25. To stir up to provoke one another by love. Not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together as is the habit of some, but encouraging one another all the more as you see the day approaching. Is it because it is a command? Is it because of Matthew 22, verses 37 through 39? The first and the foremost of the commandments is to love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, and with all your mind. And the second is like unto it, to love your neighbor as yourself. Are you here because it's simply a command? And we will see as we get into the lesson that commands we have a way of sometimes justifying why we do not keep them. Or are you here because of that tremendous love for God and what he's done for us? Which one is more likely, likely to, to kill you as an individual? Being hit by a semi-truck or being bitten by a mosquito with the West Nile virus. Both can kill. Both can kill. We watch out for the semi-trucks. Sometimes we forget about the mosquitoes. We let that little thing sometimes interfere was doing what we know we ought to be doing. You take sports, for example. You have your favorite teams if you do follow any of them. This part of the country, I could say, you could have your favorite team of the, the Cowboys and two favorite teams, the Cowboys and whoever is playing the, uh, the uh, Texans. For me, it's my favorite team is the Raiders and who's ever playing the Steelers. But if I was to have tickets to a Raiders-Steeler game, 
on Sunday. Somebody would give them to me in their box seats. What would I do? Would I skip services? There are those when baseball season comes around make a decision to go to opening day, the opening day game, and will skip work. Only to find out later the boss, for whatever reason, he was watching the game on TV, and he saw your picture. He saw you in the stands. Do we think along similar lines with worship services of the Lord? Something good comes up and we skip attending services. Maybe one of those once-in-a-lifetime opportunities as we view it. Never get another chance to go to that particular event or whatever it may be. But what about into eternity? Where would attending for me, where would attending a Raider-Steeler game place in comparison to eternity with God in heaven? And why would I want to forsake my serving God with all my heart, all my soul, and with all my strength? As I read in the Gospel of John, over in chapter 20, interesting as you look down through there here you have the resurrection of Jesus from the dead the appearance to the women and the appearance to the disciples but it's interesting to me in verse 19 of John chapter 20 then the same day at evening being the first day of the week when the doors were shut, where the disciples were assembled for fear of the Jews, Jesus came and stood in the midst and said to them, Peace be with you. Then you drop down to verse 24. Now Thomas called the twin, one of the twelve, was not with them, when Jesus came. Why would that be recorded? I'm sure Thomas didn't like that being recorded. The second gathering of the disciples with a resurrected Lord and one chose not to be there. No way that that can be made up, if you will. 
The impact that it had on Thomas was when he was told that the Lord has appeared to them. Thomas said, I will not believe it till I actually see him in person. Put my hand into his hand and my, side, my hand into his side. Now he's not a whole lot different, than, if you will, than the disciples. Because when the disciples came, in verse 25, the other disciples at that evening meeting said, they had seen the Lord. And in verse 20, they had seen his hands and they would seen his side and they were glad. But again, an impact that it, le- that it leaves. It's an impression that it leaves on us. It's a challenge, is it not? What do you miss when you miss or when you skip services? Do we take it as a command? Because as you read the scriptures, you can clearly see that disciples of the Lord or disciples of God, God's people had had a long history of changing commands to fit their lifestyle, or of avoiding commands in order to fit their lifestyle. Been said that the hardest people to believe the Lord were God's people. That's what he says down here, does he not? The scribes, the Pharisees, the elders would choose not to believe. They were God's people. And he was saying that the tax collectors, oh, that lowly scum of the earth, collecting taxes for the Roman government, and the harlots, the immoral people of the world, Jesus said they would gladly hear and receive who Jesus was. And those that should have for those who did not. They seem to have taken their relationship with God almost for granted, if you will. They were God's chosen people. They were worshiping God every Sabbath day. They were making the trips to Jerusalem on the holy days. To offer the sacrifices unto God. To pay the temple tax each year. Well, let's make that convenient for us. If you lived in Rome and were traveling to Jerusalem, be hard to find that half shekel in Rome. 
So when you got to Jerusalem, you could go to money changers and get your half shekel for the temple tax. Well, it would be more convenient if you could just simply do it in the temple. Why go out in the street and try to find a tax uh, money changer? They'd do it for you in the temple. And if you had to make the sacrifices, hard for you to carry the lamb. Whatever other sacrifice needed to be made with you from Rome, for example. So you could buy your sacrifices when you got to Jerusalem. And why have to scour the city to find them? They'd have them for you in the temple. I mean, after all, they were keeping his commandments. But they changed them to suit themselves. Are we not guilty at times? Why do we come? Why are we here? Is it simply because there is this command to assemble with the saints on the first day of the week? Or does it really go deeper than that? Because of Calvary. Was it an inconvenience for Jesus to leave heaven? Was it a hardship for him to be in the city where God had caused his name to dwell? And where the Jews gathered on the specified days to offer their sacrifices to God? to make their petitions to God, to pray to God, but did they really pray to God? You look over in Luke 18. Verses 9 through 14. Read about the Pharisee and his prayer. I thank God I'm not like other men. And the publican, who simply beat his breath, breast and said, Father, or he just said, Forgive me, I'm a sinner. Who went home justified? The Pharisee who said, I went to the temple and I prayed to God. I did what was required of me. I kept the commandment. But the heart, the heart wasn't there. Do we do that in our lives as we live day by day? Do we make choices? If I preach overtime, how many will fuss at me because you let another, I let another religious body get to the restaurant before you. That's, is that what it's about? I come to meet the required in the required time frame that we set, and beyond that, uh-uh. Don't interfere with my life. 
Let me go about my business as I have chosen to do. Skipping, that's no big deal. I don't do it that often. I just do it on occasions, and that's a good reason why I skip going to services. Did Jesus skip going to the cross to die for your sins? Did he skip the hard lessons that he was giving even here to his disciples and trying to get them to see who it was? Asking Jesus, who gave you this authority? to cleanse the money changers and those that were selling animals. How, who gave you that authority to cleanse the temple? Was it from God or was it from man? Jesus said, you made my house a den of thieves. God gave that authority. We use it in the Great Commission Do we see it in the life we live? Matthew 28 and 18. All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me, Jesus said. And then in verse 20 he says, you you teach them, as you make disciples, you teach them to observe most of the things that I teach you. Is that what he said? You teach them to observe all things that I've commanded. And again, that greatest command is not attending the Sunday morning worship service. The greatest command is loving God with all your heart and all your soul and with all your might. It dominates your life. It consumes your life. Paul reminded us in 2 Corinthians 5 and verse 17. If any man is in Christ, he is a new creation. Behold, all things have passed away and all things have become new. This is a, a new life that we live. We can get caught up in the rituals of commands and we can get caught up in changing them to fit us. We can keep the strictness of the law as we see it or commands in the scriptures and we can forget that first and the foremost and the second like unto it. We can go through the motions. But has the heart, the soul, been given to God? And it's not an obligation to be here. It's a love. It's a gratitude. It's a thanksgiving that he's blessed us with to have the fellowship with one another. And to be able to praise him. Who gave Jesus this authority? To teach them to observe everything that he had commanded them. 
Who gave Jesus that authority to say to love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, and with all your might? And the second is like unto it to love your neighbor as yourself. Who gave Jesus the authority to teach what we call the Sermon on the Mount? Matthew 5, 6, and 7. And the tremendous lessons that are given there. Who gave Jesus that authority to say, Do not forsake that assembling of yourselves together, as is the habit of some. Again, this that thought that in that first century there were already some who were falling into a habit of forsaking the assembling. Skipping. That little bite from a mosquito carrying the West Nile virus can be deadly. Just said deadly is getting hit by a semi-truck. Changing our attitude and our heart towards God, even to the smallest degree, can be just as deadly as one walking out and saying, I'll never set foot in the house of the Lord again. Just as deadly. We can be physically alive, but spiritually dead. If we're not careful. Again, keeping rules can lead us astray. Loving God with all your heart can keep you where you need to be. Do we see God as a boss that we must obey? Or do we see God And understand him as one who has created us in his own image and after his own likeness. Do we see God as the one who formed and shaped man out of the dust of the ground and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life and man became a living soul? Do we see God as the one as described in Psalm 139? One who has formed my inward parts. One who has known me before I was born. One who knows my thoughts before I think them and my words before I speak them. One who is wonderful, gracious, and merciful. One who I long to know. The one who I long to please and to serve. Do I move it beyond the physical and into the spiritual? Do I take heed? Still up there. Do I take heed of what's on the screen behind me? What are we here for? What are we here for? To go, to grow. Up there it says we're here to build up one another. We're here to shine as a light in the midst of a crooked and perverse generation.
We're here to reach out to a lost and dying world. And rest assured, whether you understand it completely or know it, that lost and that dying world does watch you. And what do they see? The question is, where is the heart that you have? I have decided to follow Jesus. You listen. You listen to those words as you sing them. Listen to what you're saying. Listen to the commitment that you're making when you have decided to follow Jesus. Where it leads. Where the heart is. Looking for that end result of eternity with God one day in heaven. Each individual is, has to make their own decision as to what they will do. Each individual decides for themselves, how will you follow Jesus? I'll go because I believe I have to. I'll go because I really don't want to go to hell. I go because it's an obligation. Or do I follow Jesus? Because I love him. And I love the sacrifice he made. And I love the hope that he gives through that shed blood on the cross. And I love him and want to follow him because I desire above all else to be in heaven with him. Where are you this morning? If we could assist you, we could help you, encourage you in any way, we need to respond to that invitation. Indeed, we bid you to come as together we stand and sing.